With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of our weekly podcast, Argyle Chat. Joining me to discuss events at Home Park are our football editor and Argyle writer, Chris Serrington. Hi, Chris. Hi, Stu. And Argyle fan, Jack Ball. Hello. Hey, Jack. Nice I'm just calling you Argyle fan now instead of... Uh... Well, doesn't he get his full title? Right, okay, he could do, I suppose. Well, and part-time football writer, I suppose, when you two are swanning <laughs> off on your, on your jaunts to wherever you are. Uh, it's, yeah, well, it's richly deserved after the season we've had. Absolutely. You're a good sub to have coming off the bench, Jack. <laughs> I'm trying that 20 goals uh, <laughs> from the so, bench. That's you are now, just a sub. Um, cracking on then, guys. It's, it's all a bit quiet at Home Park right now, isn't it, Chris? It was quite quiet last week, wasn't it, Stu? Yeah. Um, apart from the fixtures coming out, which is obviously a, a big day in the football calendar when you can start planning where uh, where you're going to be going for the next nine months and so. And where are you going to be on Boxing Day? Shoot, yeah, Boxing Day. <laughs> away, away again. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, <laughs> we couldn't have done that in more synchronicity, could we? We tried, and we all came up with that the same yeah. idea. The light bulb flashed as we. Uh, and that was not scripted. Thing. No, uh, we've got a script, but that wasn't on. No, it, it's it? not. Um, so Cheltenham away on Boxing Day. Anyway, let's not get. At least to, it's not MK Dons. It's a, a little no, bit closer to home. I that's true. But uh, apart from the fixtures, it was a bit quiet. But Ryan Lowe wasn't at the club. Um, he's back at the club this week, we believe, and. With pre-season training starting on Thursday, uh, you would expect, logically, that there will be a number of new signings this week to bolster the squad, which is, you know, um, it's up to 19 now in terms of players, uh, but six of them are first-year uh, professionals. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens in the next few days. Yeah, a couple of players have signed on, Jack. Um, Joel Grant and Alex Fletcher last week. You, I mean, it's interesting seeing on social media the, re- the reaction of Argyle fans at the moment. There's a lot of twitchy feet out there, people, you know, wanting to see some players arriving, but it's all going to take time, isn't it? Well, I'm sure as long as they're, they're in place for when the preseason games start, I think that's the, that's the main thing. I'm sure there'll, there'll be some trialists. Uh, like Chris said, there's 19 at the moment. I, was, I think Alex Fletcher signing might not have happened had Derek Adams still been Argyle manager. Yeah. I think that's... That's fair to say. It'll be interesting to see how he fares. I mean, the striker situation is interesting, isn't it? Because they've currently got Ryan Taylor, um, Callum Dyson, and now Alex Fletcher, three strikers. And I'm not necessarily convinced that any of those are the ones you'd necessarily need to try and charge for a League Two promotion push. Don't forget, um, you've got Freddie Ladapo, but obviously Fred, there's, yes, sorry, there's yeah. doubts over, or not doubts, but questions over whether Argyle will sell him. Yeah, I think in my mind, I've, I've, I've sort of told myself he's, he's gone. He's gone but, <laughs> yeah, uh, and you're quite right. It's, it's, it's you know. He's he's at the club at the moment, yeah. but it sounds as though there is some serious interest in him. So that is definitely one to watch in the coming yeah. days, as well as all the when are the new signings going to arrive. I, th- I think the stat I saw was that Argyle are the only team in League Two now not to have made a, a new signing this summer. And obviously the Ryan Lowe situation, and it, it dragged on a little bit, didn't it? It's, it's not, uh, not been ideal. 
the indications have been that signings were either in the pipeline or, or virtually agreed, and it's just a matter of announcing them when Ryan Lowe's back at home park. So, in the usual tradition of the podcast, I'm, it's I'm confident this that um, <laughs> we've recorded this at Monday lunchtime, and, and touch wood, we might have some activity maybe this afternoon or certainly on Tuesday. The thing yeah. is, there's no hard and fast rule. Jack Adams brought in however many players last season before the first preseason game, and look how they started the season, look how the season ended. They got relegated. There's yeah. no hard and fast rule. At the moment, as, as purely as a fan, I'm still quite buoyed by the fact that Ryan Lowe's come in. I'm still quite confident that he'll get some players that he wants, and I'm excited for the season. So I'm, I'm not panicking yet, and I think... I understand why there is some twitchy feet, but yeah. like I said, this time last year, there were, there were loads of signings to be made and they started the season slowly, so yeah. there's no hard and fast rule as to how to get success. No, and as I said earlier, there, there was a little bit of activity last week with Alex Fletcher and Joel Grant signing. Are you pleased with those ones staying on? It's, uh, it's a big season I'm, for Alex especially, isn't it? It's, it's sort of make or break for him now, really. I'm sort of pleased for Alex Fletcher. I'm, it's, a, it's a tough one. I still can't see necessarily him getting a lot of football, to be honest. It's up to him to get in, try and force his way in, whether that's through a checker trade trophy game and try and impress and off the bench and try and get into the manager's team. It'll be interesting. Obviously, Ryan Lowe was set up in a different way to Derek Adams. But I just feel like when you're trying to push for League 2 promotion, you need, you need some experienced players, which Argyle do have as well. So I'm not sure. Alex Fletcher will be an interesting one. It's a big season for him, you're right. Joel Grant, I think, could be a good League 2 player. He played well in spells in League 1. I think anyone that's seen him throughout his career it sounds like he's been good in spells and if you can get more out of him um, then great I think he'll be a good squad player not necessarily a first a first yeah. you know, first name well on the you only have to look at his career he's, he's you know the number of starts he's made to the number of substitute appearances are pretty similar he's a frustrating player time. isn't he uh, if, if, if he's, he's a winger if he was 22 <laughs> you'd think that, you know he's got a great potential there but he isn't he's yeah. you know he's, he's, he's nearly 30 is he 30 yet? He's 31, 31, because um, I know that because I've done a, a piece before we recorded the podcast on, on, on the Argyle squad and the ages of them and, and what the average age is. And there's only three players aged over 30. Joel Grant is one of them at 31 with Ryan Taylor. And Gary Sawyer is the senior pro at 34 next week, I think it is. Uh, but there's a lot of young players in the squad, 10 aged 23 or under. And so clearly you would imagine that Ryan Lowe's going to need to had a bit more experience, as Jack just said, to, to complement the, uh, the the youthful exuberance that there will be amongst the squad. You're right, Stuart, Alex Fletcher, it's, this is a key season for him. You know, he's 20, um, it's going to be his third year as a pro. You know, for one reason or another, hasn't really been able to make a mark at first team level, and he's going to have to now. So it'd be fascinating to see how he gets on. Joel Grant, you know, what we've heard about Ryan Lowe teams is they play with a lot of width, like to get crosses in the box. So Joel might have a, a part to play in in doing that because, as we've just touched on there, in flashes, he is a, a good attacking out out wide, isn't he? Do you have a bit of sympathy for Alex Fletcher in, you know, it, it just didn't seem... Derek Adams was not the right manager for him, was he? I mean, Derek Adams likes to have that one man up front. Yeah. And Fletcher, he was tried a few times, but it never really worked for him. He wasn't really that sort of focal point that Derek Adams would have wanted, I guess. No, you, you look, even from the early days when Jimmy Spencer was at Argyle under Derek Adams, you look at Jimmy Spencer, Ryan Taylor, Freddie Ladapo, they've all been that, that type of, you know, to a greater or lesser degree, a hold-up striker, you know, a, a target man in some ways. Yeah. Um, Alex Fletcher is, is not that. He's a, he's a penalty box goal scorer. And... 
he could benefit from if, if Ryan Lowe's teams are going to play with wing backs and there's going to be lots of crosses coming in the box across the face of goal where your, your strikers can actually face goal rather than have their back to goal a lot of the time then he could he could profit yeah. from that because in his career at Argyle in the lower levels you know Alex Fletcher has scored a fair amount of goals but is he a back to goal sort of hold it up striker as, as a central striker as one up front with others behind then uh, I think we, we know the answer to that he isn't he hasn't got the uh, the attributes but maybe with balls coming in the box he can read things and get on yeah. the end of them well, it's, it's, that's it's, what you hope well I was going to say it's interesting that you refer to him as a penalty box striker because that's exactly what Ryan Lowe was in mm. his heyday wasn't he I mean he mm. was a, a really prolific lower league goal scorer mm. there's no better man for Alex Fletcher to learn from than, than Ryan Lowe mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's an easy assumption to make sometimes, isn't it, that the manager, if he was a striker, he'll be particularly good at making turning strikers into yeah. good strikers, and if he was a defender, well, you know. Uh, it doesn't always work like that, but you, know, you look at Ryan Lowe, he had a very long career as a player. He's only packed up playing a couple of yeah. years ago. So he will have a good understanding of playing as a striker, not just 20 years ago, but very recently. And he should be able to impart his experience and knowledge and know-how onto Alex Fletcher but um, it doesn't always work that way no. yeah. the, th- the thing that strikes me and I've said this to Chris before about Argyle's youth team is they don't seem to be very physically strong up top and I, I, you look at some of the youth players that come in from other teams and they're very physically strong and can hold their own I think the problem that Argyle had over the years is they had quite I don't know what the word is not weak's not fair, but you know, they can hold their own. And I think with strikers especially, you've had the likes of Tyler Harvey, Lewis Rooney, Alex Fletcher, and, and they haven't been able to fit into that sort of muscly, sort of out-battling people with your, that lone striker role. I think that's where they fault. But is that, is that not something that comes with development? I mean, they need to work in the gym on their upper body strength, and that's probably going to come from sort of 18 to 21, isn't it? Definitely, but then you see some youth teams that are going to compete with, you see them in the under 23 games, and they've already got players that are that age that are stronger and um, are more physical. I think that's where one of the problems is. I think they do need to work on that. Um, one, one other player I think that they announced last week is Cameron Sankster. I'm quite, I know he yeah. had an injury last season, yeah. and I hope that you know he, he gets a chance, but you know, Derek Allen's rated him very highly and the glimpses I've seen of him, he's looked very promising and I'm quite excited about him but it'll be interesting to see how he comes back from that injury he had. Yeah. Also batting against some sort of yeah. truck that More you might noise. be able to hear yeah. in the background. Uh, what is interesting as well is listening to the likes of Fletcher and Sangster in their interviews and how they're targeting the first team. You know, they're not talking about, you know, breaking into the squad and... That's the attitude you need to have. I well, don't think exactly, you can be yeah. that age of saying, no, I'm quite happy to play in this Peninsula League or play whatever, under 21 football or whatever it is. You need to be aiming for that and I think that's the type of attitude you need to have to impress any manager. Yeah. You, you, you agree, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Alex Fletcher's 20, Cameron Sankster's 19, Argyle are back in League 2. You know, if you're 20 and 19 and haven't got serious ambitions about getting into a first team at that level, then you're wasting your time being a professional football player aren't you so they've got to have that aim will they start the season in the team probably not but they will get a chance you would imagine at some point in time and they have to take it mm. there was an outgoing as well with uh, Carl Leatheran deciding to move on from home park were you surprised with that one um, you, you say deciding to move on I mean the, the, the phrase that he used he, he, he announced his departure on Twitter it's a way that players seem to do more and more isn't it that they, they go to social media and, 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 and make announcements like that um, his wording was interesting. He said it was due to circumstances that were out of his own hands. So um, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but the way that read certainly made it look as though perhaps it wasn't his decision to uh, to leave, and, and maybe 
circumstances have changed since Ryan Lowe's become Argyle manager. Uh, maybe Ryan Lowe wants to go in a different direction in terms of goalkeepers. He's already got Michael Cooper uh, under contract and we've spoken on the podcast, haven't we, about Michael Cooper and whether he's ready for the first team or, or not. So um, you would imagine putting two and two together and this might be four or it might be 16, <laughs> that, that Ryan Lowe has got a keeper that he would like to bring in to go alongside Michael Cooper and have as his two goalkeepers next season because in League Two there's not many teams that carry three goalkeepers. So no. um, so interesting one to see where um, Carl Leveran ends up. He had a, a, a funny couple of years at Argyle because for a lot of the time he was injured and he had some quite serious injuries. Um, and I think he made 23 starts in two seasons, but the fans really took to him. On both yeah. times he had runs in the team. I think the team's performances picked up with me in goal, didn't they, Jack? And, um, you know, difficult ones to gauge, but I, the, the reaction to on Twitter when he announced he was leaving was there was a lot of fans sat to see him, uh, sat to see him leave. I think he, was, he, was, he came across quite well on social media. And I know, you know, some players don't use it, some managers don't like players using it, but he did, and he came across quite well. I think um, he took some of the, actually, I don't really like the word banter, but he took it quite well, you know, you know what fans can be like on Twitter, he took that quite well, he always seemed to try hard, he cared about the club, um, you know, and last season was a struggle at times, when he came into the team, um, there was one game, I can't remember who it was against, Chris wasn't working the game, because I remember I was the one that interviewed him after, it was towards the end of the season, before he got injured again. Bradford? And it probably would have been Bradford, yeah, mm. and it, it finished 0-0 that mm. game, and he, and he played well, and he had played well in, in the games leading up to that. Um, and he talked really well and you could tell how much he really wanted to make that, mm. that jersey his own and sadly just after he was saying how fit he was feeling and not long after that he got injured again and I think oh. that's been the case of his career sadly Yeah, but he, well, did a, he did a good job when he came in and he made some fantastic saves he commanded the box something which I don't think Matt Mace did well at all um, and you know perhaps had he been able to stay injury free maybe things would have worked a bit differently for Argot and for him yeah absolutely um Dave, sir, we, we put the appeal out as we always do, asking for questions. So I uh, appreciate any of you that did take the time out to send us a question. Dave, sir, are you expecting an influx of new signings immediately? Well, <laughs> as we said earlier, we're recording the podcast today, so it'll no doubt happen this oh, afternoon. I'm sure that will, will kick it all into gear. Yeah. Looking at the squad, looking at the experience, looking at the obvious holes in the squad, you know, there are going to be several new signings. Now, little bit difficult to say uh, without knowing Argyle's budget and how they can spend it but I would have thought you know if you've got 19 at the moment and a lot of those are young players you, you could easily bring in seven six seven new signings are they all going to arrive at once we, we don't know but the sooner they come if you're going to bring in six or seven players and gel them into a squad that you've already got you want them in as soon as you can possibly get them yeah. um, We've spoke ad infinitum, haven't we, about Argyle pre-seasons and starting mm. seasons and gelling squad because it seems to happen every year, doesn't it? Um, but the the logical the logic is is that the sooner you get your new signings in, integrate them into the squad, into the club, into the city. The sooner you do that, the better chance you have got of having success. It doesn't guarantee it's going to work out that like that because I know as Jack I think said on the last time he was on the podcast, you know, all Argyle signings were in place before pre-season last year and pre-season was. You know, not very good, was it? So, um, but there's there's 
there has to be, I would think, six or seven new signings. Well, there's some key positions at these strengths. Goalkeeper, centre backs, centre backs, striker, wingers. If Lemiris leaves as yeah, well, yeah, I mean, six not many positions. Six, there is someone. six or seven might be an un- 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 underestimate, might. Yeah. Be. Yeah. If Adipo well, goes as well, you're going to need you yeah. know, your main yeah. striker. Yeah. I think the interesting thing as well. I mean, I, I, I don't know how um, Ryan Lowe's going to go about it. But obviously, Argyle got this. Well, they had the under twenty three development team, didn't they? Mm. Under. Um, Derek Adams whether he persists with that or whether he has a bigger first team squad or I think they'll, they'll, I, I, we haven't had a chance to ask Ryan Lowe that but Argyle are not in the Southwest Peninsula League next season so the, the, the only outlet for young professionals who are not in the first team is going to be um, in the Premier League Cup and in the Central League mm. so I, I, I think there will be a development squad of sorts because I think a lot of the young pros will start the season playing in those sort of games and then seeing if they get their chance in cup games and, and if they impress it's um, we've only seen Ryan Lowe the once Stu and I uh, saw him at the introductory press conference so haven't really had a chance to ask him about where he stands about youth development you know is, is he one of those that's if they're young enough they're if they're good enough that you know they, they'll get in the team or, or whether he's uh, you know not so keen on that so all that sort of stuff will unfold as we get to know him better and we start to see the sort of team selection he makes um, but there's a lot of young players in that squad and you know you need the Argyle really need one or two of those young players to really step forward this this season yeah. and become first year pros Argyle are in league two you know it's the fourth tier you know if, if, if you're going to make it as a professional and you're 19, 20, 21 you have to be trying to get into a first team surely otherwise you know, if you're not going to do it then, you're never going to yeah. do it, are you? No, well, I, I spoke to Alex last week. Um, There's a real spring in his step, actually. You could, you could sense the excitement that he had mm. working under Ryan Lowe and, and moving forward. And also that, you know, he, he really felt part of the club and he really wanted to be that next player to break through and be a homegrown player for, for Argyle. So well, I just think it's interesting because players are not necessarily ever going to come out and say it but it must be frustrating when you're a young player and you know you're never going to play under a manager because mm. you know you could have scored however many goals in the, the South West Peninsula League but if you play one striker up front and you're not that type of striker you're not going to get in yeah. that must have been incredibly difficult so there's no wonder that an attacking manager that's come in that's renowned for playing a formation that would suit maybe Alex Fletcher that he's suddenly got this new sort of yeah. optimism and maybe that will work well maybe his, his chance will come in pre-season if he impresses he'll be in the mind of Low. The other thing I would say is that you know when you guys spoke to him, he said he was very happy with the budget. Since then, Graham Carey's left. Ruben Lemaire is probably going to go. Ladapo might well go. There's going to be a lot of mo- you think a lot of money there for yes. wages. Yeah. So yeah. he's got the potential to bring in some very good players, I think. Because like Chris said, there's a very young team there at the moment with probably not on the most wages in the world, and there's probably quite a bit of money to play with there. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting when we see some of the names of players that are being linked right now, and I think signings is very much what the Argyle fans yes. want to see. Mm. Uh, Danny Mayer, Jay O'Shea and Nicky Maynard, three guys from Berry, very influential in their promotion push last season. Um, it sounds like there's a good chance at least two, maybe, mm. all three could be coming to Argyle. It's, it's, again, it's difficult to know for sure, but those are three players that would only help Argyle. There's no, no doubt about that. All bring um, would bring a lot of quality. They'd obviously know very well what Ryan Lowe and Stephen Schumacher want from their players and the style of play. Um, you know, there's talk that there might be a little bit of interest in in all of those from other clubs, which wouldn't be surprising. The good players. We obviously don't know their situation at Berry and the non-payment of wages to players at Berry and how that might affect their availability and and not. Um, 
those are three players that have been linked with Argyle pretty much since Ryan Lowe got the job. Um, so you would imagine there's, there's some some degree of truth in there being interest, whether they get them over the line or not, we'll find out in time. But you know, if they could get two of those three players you just named, Stu, that would be good business. The funny thing is, if Argyle were in League One and been linked with those three players, I'd be happy. So the fact that Argyle are in League Two and been linked with those three players, yeah. I think, is yeah, a good sign. Mm. League One players at the very least, mm. aren't they? And mm. you know, I think contracts are coming to an end at the end of this month, aren't they? So maybe mm. things will start happening then as well. And, and like Jack says, you know, you haven't got Graham Carey to pay anymore. Ruben Lemirez might move on. You might get a transfer fee for Freddie Ladapo. You know, you might you lost have Fox. You lost David Fox. You know, you, you might have a bit of money available to mm. try and sweeten the deal to try and persuade a number of players to come to Argyle because, you know, somebody always told me a long time ago, and it's it's true that you if you want to get a player down to Plymouth, you've got to pay them just a little bit extra to get them to come down because it's so far away. And I know yeah. people don't like the the location holds Argyle back, but you talk to a lot of people in football and they will tell you that unless Argyle offer that fraction more than the and another club, the player will always go to the other club. Yeah, and, and, and also the length of contract as well, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, maybe yeah. push out to three years instead of two. Yeah. As I say, and the fact as well, you know, if Argyle did sell Ladapo for 500,000, which has been the rumoured price, um, and brought in Nicky Maynard on a free, then you've got that money as well. And all of a sudden you can strengthen with four, five, maybe even six players. and. And, and that's and that's a good position for Argyle to be in despite yeah. the fact they've not made any signings yet I think the next couple of weeks will be an exciting one for all Argyle fans the Ladapo one's interesting for me because you know you, you speak there as though he's on high wages I mean obviously we don't know what his wage is at Argyle but you've got to remember when he came to the club he was pretty much on the scrap heap wasn't he well, so well, by he, that what I mean is you'll have the transfer fee hopefully that goes back yeah, to yeah, the team yeah. when with Carey's wages and with Lemiris if he goes wages with David Fox's wages with that and the transfer fee mm-hmm. of Ladapo you've got a good mix there yeah. to splash out on some marquee free players. You know, I'm not saying you're going to go out and spend hundreds of thousands on players, but free agents and being able yeah. to offer them that extra bit of wage. And, you know, in two weeks' time, by the time the first friendly comes around, Argyle fans might be very excited. You never know. Yeah. Richard Vaughan also sent us, uh, sent us in a question. Would you now set fans' expectations for a slow start to the season? It's good that we're not panic buying, however, only five or six weeks until we kick off the new season. Even if players join this week, it doesn't give much time for them to adjust to the move and gel as a team, which is pretty much what you were saying earlier, Chris. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with Richard. Um, sitting here right now, um, it's hard to see Argyle getting off to a flying start and, say, winning their first three games. That's not to say it won't happen, but your, your instincts and, and what we know about football, watching it as fans and as journalists, you know, it's going to be a work in progress for a while, isn't it? You know, it's not. You would think it's not just going to all fall into place and and our goal will hit, hit the ground running. So, people might need a little bit of patience to start the season off. It's going to be perhaps one of those seasons where our goal need to be, you know, mid table, tenth, something like that. You know, in the early stages, and then as things start to gel, hopefully, then you can. Push on up. I mean, what is interesting is if they do go out and sign Mayor O'Shea and Maynard, for example, yeah. then there's a, you yeah. know, three players there that know how each other plays. So. Yes. I can almost guarantee that if Argo went out and signed all three of those players by the end of this week, nearly every single fan that was worried, those worries would almost be gone. Well, Just with it, even though there's still yeah. obvious gaps in the market, all it takes is a couple of signings. You know, how how many fans were moaning the fact that the, the manager appointment was dragging on and dragging on? Ryan Lowe got announced, all of a sudden it was forgotten, everyone yeah. was well again. And that is just the life of a football fan, isn't yeah. it? I just think at the moment, five and six weeks is, is a long time to go. And I think fans have a habit, me included, of worrying about things that don't really need to be worried about yet. I think 
things will be fine. I'm sure of it. And you, you, you are, I think you've got to be patient, and, and things might take some time. But you're not going to get to the first game of the season without some decent players. No, the those three players, when it was mentioned on social media yesterday that they could be signing, people were saying, "Just give them the title now." <laughs> so <laughs> they're not even signed yet. But um, yeah. that sort of sums it up, really. I think from from a football fan's perspective. But, you know, Ryan knows ambitious. He's got a good track record with Barry. You know, you've got to have faith in people, haven't you? I, I think until they give you reason not to. And I've, I, you know, he's. He's been away for a bit, but there's no doubts that his phone's been on. He's been trying to do deals and wrap things up. Absolutely, it's a, it's a big move for him. It's a it's a big sort of move for him, for his family, for his career, for all sorts of reasons. He's not coming down to Plymouth Argyle just to be bumbling along in mid table in League Two, is he? That's just not. He's he clearly isn't that sort of character. So um, and ambitious managers don't turn their phones off. I'm sure. No, so I'm sure no, it's no. been ringing a that, fair that's bit. That's why we're we're hopeful, aren't we? That that once a deal gets announced we might get a little flurry of them hopefully and like if I, I keep like harking on about last season the fact that they signed everyone and it still didn't work out well there's no hard and fast rule I know I keep saying that but I really do believe that I think that fans need to sometimes realise that well welcome back to the second part of the podcast um, interesting stuff so far speaking about player recruitment let's have a chat about Ryan Lowe then guys um we believe that he's going to be back in work this week. He spent a bit of time with his family. Uh, today, we, or we've seen on social media, Jimmy Dickinson is coming in as the first team performance analyst. Um, Chris, what, what do you think Ryan needs to really focus on? What are the important things that he needs to, to do at Argyle once he gets in through the door? Well, it's, it's interesting that he's brought in Jimmy Dickinson, somebody he's worked closely with before. With, uh, he becomes uh, the sort of latest recruit from Berry, doesn't he, with Stephen Schumacher coming down um, as Ryan Lowe's assistant manager. And that f- seems to fill a void that was left after Matt Neal left last season because he was Argyle's video analyst. There might be differences about the way they, they go about the job and what have you, but it, it seems to be a like-for-like role. Argyle... Um, didn't keep on Ollie Osborne as their strength and conditioning fitness coach. Um, so there's a vacancy there. Uh, there was a guy at Berry who did that role. Um, and so, again, putting two and two together. And, you know, sometimes well, you can get the wrong the wrong answer, but it looks as though uh, the guy from Berry could well come down to Argyle. He did it very role. well, it should be said. Yeah. I think Berry had a 97% availability rate with their players last it's season. Which is, of, that's it? incredible. So if... Jimmy Dickinson or has come in and then if a strength and fitness coach to work with Schumacher and Lowe and then we've obviously got Kevin Nanskovall and Reese Wilmot as uh, the holdovers from the previous regime that looks to me like your backroom staff and, and everything so that takes place I think one of the the priorities apart from getting some new signings in is trying to get some more pre-season games because as we stand I've got, I've got four pre-season games but one of those is on the Tuesday before the season starts, away to Tavistock. Mm. And you wouldn't have thought that Argyle would send the first team no. to Tavistock that close to the start of the season. So as things stand, you've got three away friendlies against lower league opposition, albeit one of them's against Torquay, who are only a division below Argyle now. But, um, That's true. <laughs> um, but they've only got three games. And that, you know, when you're trying to gel a new squad together, is is um, not ideal no um, what was interesting on Friday um, was that uh, Bristol Rovers and Cheltenham were supposed to play each other on a pre-season game on Saturday July the 27th at Cheltenham that game's now been called off because the two clubs have been drawn against each other in the Carabao Cup first round so Bristol Rovers have got a free date on Saturday the 27th 
They're happy, keen to play away from home that date because they have home pre-season games on the 20th and the 23rd. So, Argyle have a free date on the 27th. Bristol Rovers have a free date on the 27th. Bristol Rovers are managed by Graham Cockburn with Martin Starnes as their chief executive. This is your twos and twos again. This is your twos and twos again, is it? (laughs) Surely this is an obvious no-brainer for Bristol Rovers to play Argyle um, the Saturday before the season starts, it's perfect for Argyle. Mm. Higher opposition, but not that, you know, yeah, divisions yeah. higher. Absolutely. But to give them a good, solid, hard game seven days before Argyle go to Crew Alexandra for their first League Two game. So it'd be good to have that, that game where it's almost like a League Two fixture, mm-hmm. isn't it? You know, it really gears yeah. them up for that opening day away at Crew. That would, that would do them well. I'm sure it would serve Rove as well. So. You would think that will happen again. Maybe once we've recorded the podcast, that might come out. But uh, I, sitting here now, I would fully expect Argyle to play Bristol Rovers on July the twenty seventh. But that hasn't been officially yeah. confirmed as yet. Yeah, Jack. What What about you? Do you think there's any sort of key pressing issues that Ryan Lowe needs to focus on? Well, no, it's, I think it's just getting his preseason right, isn't it? I think you know, getting to know people, getting everyone together getting the right pre-season games I think Chris is right trying to get a we spoke about on the podcast before almost trying to wear the pros and cons of hosting Premier League teams and or you know non-league teams or going away to non-league teams and I think last year Argon weren't really tested enough in, in, in my opinion and I've, that, I don't know that's, that's been widely known and, and they, were, they were hit with the fact when they played the Oval last year weren't they and they lost what was it 5-1 5-2 mm-hmm. 5-1, 5-1. And that was a worrying thing to happen just before the season starts. So it's about getting all that right, getting the players' fitness in. You know, if they had a 97% record of staying injury-free last season, you'd think he's quite specific on what he wants out of pre-season. And he's got to get the best out of the players and work out what they're best at. You know, work on set pieces, work on all the, all, all the normal stuff. And it's... And before we know it, you know, these five or six weeks will go quite quickly and before Chris knows it'll be on the road to crew. So yeah. it'll come around quickly enough, I'm sure. Were you, were you guys surprised that the... Holland tour was cancelled. No, no. I, I've I said before on the mm. podcast. I'm not convinced it was ever that neat. To think about the finance it would cost to send 30 players or all 25 players, however many it was, across to play against teams that or second teams of big teams. I just, I just don't think it's particularly worth it. I get the whole bonding thing. I don't think you need to go away to bond unless there's some good fixtures for you to really test yourselves out there. And it's not worked for the last three years under Derek Adams. It's not being conducive to a, f- a quick start. I believe you can bond. I think a few years ago, they went down to an army training camp in Cornwall, I think, and did stuff there. Mm. You can just as easily bond here. Yeah. And, you know, if, if it is a case of money being between that or on the budget, I'd rather it went on the budget, personally. So. And I don't, think, I don't think it's just a financial decision. That might... That, you no, know, that's why I'm glad. Yeah, but, yeah. but the way I would, I would look at it is this is Ryan Lowe putting his own mark on the football club. And if they'd gone off to Holland and played the game they were supposed to be done, that would have been all organised by his predecessor. Um, whereas Ryan Lowe's come in and saying, "Look, I'm going to do things my way," um, and I don't, you know, I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, when football managers come in, there's players that they inherit that they don't like, and they unfortunately have to move them on. It's not ideal, but that's the way football works. That's that's the business that that people who, who are involved in football are, are dealing with, and sometimes it can be pretty cruel and harsh, but it happens and. I think it's good that he's come in and he's basically made it clear from when we saw him, Stu, he made it pretty clear that he wasn't particularly keen on the Holland trip. No, not at it all. Was soon, it was soon cancelled. The trick is now for them to, to come up with just one or two games to, to sort of fill that void. Bristol Rovers would do that. You, uh, you would imagine that 
they might try and get another game or two as well from somewhere. That's why I, I think that Bristol Rovers fixture mm. to me seems to make more sense than playing mm. yeah. a team like they had lined up. Heracles, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So I, I think that makes makes total sense. And actually, I think you know it's good. For, a manager's judged by results, aren't they? And what what goes on. So it's good that he's come in and wants. And why wouldn't you want things your own way if you're going to be judged on the results? You want things done how you see fit. Yeah. Another question we had sent in was from Michael Kimber. Um, what is the club's three to five year strategy now that Argyle are being relegated? Uh, well, I think it's uh, going to have to be a two pronged approach from Argyle now. I think the grandstand is progressing. Um, you know, it's, it does seem to take a while, but it is progressing. The roof, I was up uh, there uh, just before the weekend, and the roof is now clad. And uh, I think if anyone goes up to Home Park, I think you'll be surprised how big the grandstand looks. It's um, definitely got a bit more volume to it and uh, the key for Argyle is to make that work to produce that extra money that James Brent and now Simon Hallett have talked about mm. the additional revenue so that Argyle can put that into the first team so you don't want that to be too much of a focus uh, and to detract from the football side of things but Argyle have got to make that work to get extra money coming in so when they try and move back up through the leagues which hopefully they will do in the in the coming seasons they've got a bit of extra finance to help them along the way clearly the main objective though is on the pitch and Ryan Lowe got um, Barry promoted last season now whether he can do that on the fly first season at Argyle I'm sure he's coming here with the idea of getting promoted um, but so I think there's a two, there's two obviously Argyle wants to get back into League One as soon as possible but the grandstand is important. They have to get that to work. So, but that's what's good. They've sort of appointed different people to yes. different parts. They have separated the two, which they, I think they, is important. They have se- the, the, you're right, Jack. And where are Argyle going to be in five years' time, Crikey? You know, <laughs> uh, home park. Any, anywhere, probably at home park. But <laughs> the, the immediate priorities are to get back into League One as soon as possible. And that goes without saying that's obvious. Can they do it next season? Again, sitting here right now with the squad, with everything that we know at the moment, that looks a bit of a push, doesn't it? But we could be sat here next week and then they could have made four or five new signings and we could be going, crap, look at that, you know. So, but yeah. they, they do need to get on the pitch, but there is an important off the pitch issue that they need to, to deal with as well. What I thought was interesting when we spoke to, to Ryan at his uh, sort of unveiling was there was little mention of going back to League One. He mentioned the Championship mm. more than he mentioned League One. So I think that's where his long-term mm. aim is, is mm. to get the club up into the Championship. Now, whether that's three years or five years... But again, that sort of fits into what Alex Fletcher was saying, you know, as in he wants to try and get the first team, Ryan uh, Lowe wants to be in the Championship. If, you, if you're not wanting those things as yeah. a manager or as a player, you're probably not in the right industry. Mm. You know, he's ambitious. Clearly, he's ambitious. And what I quite like is the fact that he's... He clearly wants to get promoted. I think Simon Hallett's come out and said, "Yeah, that we need to try and get promoted." I think I quite, as a fan, I like that everyone's saying that, I'm not trying, trying to sort of beat about that. That's what needs to happen. Mm. And I think in a few, again, in a few weeks, when some signings have happened, even though I've got taken a huge step back, and we can't deny that by getting relegated, it, in a weird way to me, it still feels like things are coming together nicely. I, I know that probably sounds odd. But with the grandstand and with Ryan Lowe, I feel like things are coming together. Like no, I, I think the signings are the sort of the last sort of piece. I, I think you're totally right. I think there's a lot for Argyle fans to be optimistic about. Certainly, despite the fact they've been relegated. I mean, when you compare it to when they were relegated last time, Chris from League One, the club's in such you yes. know a, a far healthier position than they were 
five or six years ago. Yeah, when they got relegated last time, they almost went straight through and through league to an into non-league. So, um, but that was still dealing with the fallout of administration and what have you. Like you say, you've got um, a chairman who's proved his commitment um, financially and emotionally. You've got a new um, ambitious manager who signed a three-year contract and moving the length of the country to to try and you know kick you know not kickstart his career but continue his promising start to his managerial career. You're going to have uh, lots of new signings. You've got a chief executive who I think has uh, impressed everyone with the way he's come in and spoken. And uh, so it's a very new start for Arvel. There's lots of uh, new pieces to the jigsaw puzzle and hopefully it all goes swimmingly next season and they get promoted. Football is, you know, unpredictable though. And, you know, as much as you might hope for something, you know, sometimes things don't quite fall into place. So it's it's going to be fascinating to see how the season unfolds. But we probably say that at this time of year, every every time, you know, there's so many unknowns about Argyle at the moment, isn't there? I just don't think you can underestimate as well how well the board have done to sort of have this sense of optimism. I know for some it's dwindling a little bit because of lack of mm. signings, but there's still this overriding sense of optimism that you almost forget that our goal have been relegated. And yeah. the fact the board have, you can't underestimate how well the board have done to have fans feeling like that. And I think season ticket sales have been good. Well, five and a half thousand season tickets. I mean, that's that's pretty good going. And then you add on top of that some memberships, you know, these uh, six game um, ticket packages you can get and things like that. So, I mean, uh, you know, our goal are going to be getting at least six, seven, eight thousand crowds, you know, with those season ticket sales. So that's a good base to build on. Um, and, you know, the season ticket sales would suggest that they're apparently they're uh, about equal with what they were at the same stage last year. So, you know, having been relegated, it's perhaps surprising that they've held up. Well, well last year, you were on the season mark, just missed out on the mm. one playoffs, weren't you? And so, that's an, I think there'll be a lot of fans on the way to True in a few weeks' time, that's for sure. I, 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 I think there'll be a lot of excitement for that game. Well, I think it's the fact they've got Ryan Lowe as well. You know, Argyle fans are aware of Ryan Lowe. They've, they've heard all about his attacking philosophy yes. and they want to go and watch mm. entertaining football. Mm. So... No, no pressure there, Ron. No, that's just right. four or five goals every day. <laughs> yeah. and everyone will be happy. Job done. <laughs> right, guys, one final thing. Uh, we're delighted to hear that PAFC displays have had a superb response to their appeal for contributions towards the new flag last week. Uh, we had Nick Tomlinson coming in, Chris. He was a great guest on the show last week. Yep. Uh, he just wants to point out that it's the final week to make a donation before the flag is ordered. Uh, obviously, Nick wants to make it as big as possible, and there's this sort of ambition to try and make it the whole width of the Devonport end. So, uh, anyone wishing to make a donation or even make another contribution should visit their website at pafcdisplays.co.uk. Guys, thanks for your presence as always. You better go back and announce. Uh, see yeah, what there's going to be made. absolutely be lots to do now. So uh, yeah. let's get back to work. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.